Welcome back in Cougar Sports Saturday here on KSL News Radio. Mitch Harper, Matt Biamonte. You just heard from Trayson Borgay, newest BYU football quarterback commit. He'll be officially signed. I'm sure BYU will make some sort of announcement on Monday when winter semester gets started. They've done that in the past when they had Chris Brooks, Houston Haymouli. They had this kind of big push announcing things the, the, the first day back. Winter conditioning will get going. Uh, but the, the quarterback unit is taking shape, Matt. You know, Trayson Borgay's got three years of eligibility, so it gives BYU an underclassman transfer. And then you also pair it up with Gary Bohannon, who's a one-and-done. He's on his last year, seventh-year quarterback in college football. Yes, seventh year. The rest of the college football world is doing things that we've known for so many years with BYU athletes. They're now learning of this concept that you can have a seven-year window in college football. <laughs> Think um, about this. He came in the same time as Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson has gone on to be a high draft pick and is probably exiting the franchise that he started <laughs> with in the NFL before Bohannon is done in college. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy, but I, I like the addition of Borgay. I, I think it just, again, Matt, it's kind of what we talked about, I think, after signing day with the defensive line back in December. You just want the options because you're bound to hit on one. Yep. If you only got like three or four uh, you know, you never know. And look, I don't know what the ceiling is for all these guys. I, I don't. But, you know, I, I like that a guy really wants to be at BYU. Gary Bohannon wanted to be at BYU. You know, and I, I think that both Bohannon and Borgay, they have a similar thread where they're probably like, I should have just went there in the first place. <laughs> because yeah. Bohannon was recruited in 2022 as well to BYU and Borgay is as well. So, uh, you know, I, I think that'll be, it'll just, I want to see the competition. Like, it, it is a, it's wide open. Completely wide open. I, Matt, and I, I like that. I can't think of many quarterback battles. I got to go back probably to, I'm talking like 2002, where it's just kind of a kind of hodgepodge grouping of guys. And there's really no stock where anyone, any portion of the fan base is invested in one guy. No. Like usually a fan base has. Like, they want this guy to be. Conover, even. Right. Whereas, I think this group, every, every fan, every media member is just like, we're all fascinated to see how this is going to play out because if you try to get a really a forecast or inside read on who it's going to be, uh, I think you're kidding yourself. I, I lean still to Bohannon because he's only got one year left, but why can't Borgay get a crack in there? I mean, Jake Retzlaff started four games for BYU, and he was an unknown recruit. and. Yep. And Retzlaff's going to be in the mix. Like, I'm, I'm just fascinated to see how this all shakes out in spring. And you know what I like about this, too, is this is going to put a microscope in a good way on the offensive staff, too. In, in particular, Aaron Roderick. Can he get back to what he was with Zach Wilson and Jaron Hall and an offense that was top 25 and produced explosive plays and scored in the red zone? Or... Is this a situation where maybe the schedule was light and you had a lot of talent? And I think we're going to find out. Like This is a type of year where it's going to require great coaching to identify, coach up, and get the most out of the guys on this offensive side of the football. There's there's talent. Don't get me wrong. There's plenty of talent on the offensive side of the football, but this is not a situation where you're coming back with Jaron Hall. Yeah. Even though he was a first-time starter in 2021, the staff loved Jaron Hall. And we clearly saw glimpses prior to him being named the starter. 
that he was a high-level quarterback. And they had Algier coming back. And Neil Pau. And they added the Nakua brothers. And Isaac. Like, that, that group had a lot of talent. Returning talent. This group, not as much, right? You got LJ Martin back. You got Chase Roberts back. You got some offensive line pieces there as well, as well Connor Pay. But they need to be coached up. And if this staff can do that, then great. We got the right guys. If it's another year where there's no identity and you're not getting production, then maybe you've got to move in another direction. But this is the makings of a, of a team and a group that will identify what needs to happen. This is kind of a, a, a knee-jerk reaction here. I'm just throwing this out here. Who's the face of the offense in 2024? Because, And I ask that because I'm sincerely – is he though? I mean, like I think Chase has got tons of ability, but I just, I just look at this offense across the board. I'm just fascinated to see how it all plays out because, yeah. like, there's got to be so much competition everywhere you look. Like, spring ball is going to be awesome, outstanding. <laughs> I want to see so much competition because I don't think you can say anyone is a set in stone starter. The only guy I would point to is maybe L.J. Martin. Yeah, is is probably RB one, and that's probably in part because you don't really have any proven depth after him. And LJ Martin is not completely proven. Like, I think he's outstanding. I think he's gonna be really good, but th- he's almost getting anointed because there's not really many options after him. You know, Hinkley, Rapati, Miles Davis, but after that, it's really not much. So I, I'm just. Connor Pay too comes back, but I mean, is the center no? Is the a big center, hard ball going to be the look, face of your program? Connor, I love Connor Pay. I think Connor Pay is fantastic. To me, he was one of the most important gets in the transfer yeah. portal in terms of just retaining him. He doesn't sure. go pro. He doesn't leave. You bring him back at the center position. I love Connor Pay, but hey, you, and maybe now that I'm speaking it out loud, this is just off the cuff here. Maybe you want him to be the face of the program because yeah. if that offensive line's good. Then it changes well, everything. Well, and that's going to be the key, too. I mean, we could talk about these quarterbacks nonstop, and we will throughout this offseason, but the offensive line has to be 180 different. Like, they got to completely make a complete shift. I mean, they were just bad last yep. year. They made improvements against Oklahoma State, but there, there's talent there. I just don't think there's much depth yet, and that's going to be an area of focus leading up to the February signing period and also in the post-spring window. But I think you got to add some transfer portal pieces, some JUCO guys before spring ball to add to that offensive line because I think that group is a bit, uh, you know, just it's a little thin. You know, because if you get an injury to Connor Pay or you get an injury to Waylon Lapuaho, then it's like you're How did you're, we you're get sweating. to that, by the way? Two years ago, it was we've got 10 offensive linemen and we don't know well, who to play. Well, now, now we're thin. I mean, now we, now we can't even well, get five it's, it's, guys. It's a lot of projection base. I mean, I think it's someone like a Trevin Osler could be really good. I think Peter Falonico could be outstanding. But they haven't done anything through the first two years. I'm not willing to bank on them in the Big 12. If it was independent football, sure, I'm willing to plug them in and say, you're going to have this chance to you know, play these P5s in September. But by November, when you're playing New Mexico State, you're great. Uh, this is different animal in the Big 12, especially with two road non-conference games. we got to take a timeout, though. Top five coming up next, and we'll continue to hit on BYU football and BYU basketball game day here on Cougar Sports Saturday. Sign 